This episode is brought to you by Seed. Did you know that supporting your health can be as easy as taking two capsules a day? Each daily dose of Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic is formulated with 24 scientifically studied probiotic strains that support gut, skin, and heart health, helping you start the new year off right. Visit seed.com slash Spotify and use code SPOTIFY25 to get 25% off your first month. The rooster for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Good morning. Happy Friday. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. I'm not Deb Valentine. I am Frank Diaz with your new sports, business, traffic, and weather. Here's everything you need to know. The top five at five. Well, we're giving the virus the opportunity to continue to spread in our community. Health officials say the Omicron BA5 subvariant now accounts for most COVID-19 cases in the city. President Biden says the U.S. won't wait forever for Iran to rejoin the nuclear deal a day after saying a use of force is a last resort. The Federal Reserve says it could raise interest rates in order to put a lid on inflation. The FDA sent a warning to companies making synthetic nicotine products stopping short of a crackdown. Ivana Trump, businesswoman and ex-wife of former President Donald Trump, died yesterday at the age of 73. Well, the Omicron subvariant BA5 now accounts for most New York City COVID cases, and all five boroughs are seeing skyrocketing transmission rates. Reinfection risk is also up and may be connected to the strain. People who have had COVID before and been vaccinated may not even experience symptoms. Dr. Anthony Fauci was on ABC earlier this week. If we do see a significant surge, particularly one that might result in increased hospitalizations, we have to be prepared to pivot and perhaps reinstitute some of those restrictions. According to the latest city data, Staten Island is seeing the highest rolling new case rate this in this latest wave at 45% higher than it was last week, followed by Manhattan, Queens, the Bronx, and Brooklyn. All five boroughs were pushed back into the CDC's high-risk category for community COVID spread last week, and this week's data suggests they won't transition back to federal medium status anytime soon. No new mask or other COVID mandates were implemented, though, Mayor Eric Adams and his health leadership have recommended people mask up indoors in public settings, regardless of vaccination status for now. Well, U.S. President Joe Biden and Israeli Prime Minister Yair Lapid stood side by side yesterday and declared they would not allow Iran to become a nuclear power. They parted ways, though, on how to get there exactly. Biden, in a joint news conference after a one-on-one meeting with the Israeli leader, said he still wants to give diplomacy a chance Moments earlier, Lapid insisted that words alone won't thwart Tehran's nuclear ambitions. While Biden suggested his patience with Iran was running low, he held out hope that Iran can be persuaded to rejoin a dormant deal intended to prevent it from building a nuclear weapon. He spoke to Israeli media, saying the decision by former President Donald Trump to plow to the Iran nuclear deal was a mistake. I think it was a gigantic mistake for the last president to get out of the deal. They're closer to a nuclear weapon now than they were before. You, uh, in the past, said you'll do anything. And you say it again, that you'll ensure Iran would not acquire nuclear weapons. Does that also mean, sir, that you would use uh, force against Iran? Is that what that means? If that was the last resort, yes. Mm-hmm. Resurrecting the Iran nuclear deal was a key priority for Biden as he entered office, but administration officials have become increasingly pessimistic about the chances of getting Tehran back into compliance. 
Well, central banks have made it clear that after a sluggish start, they're serious about putting a lid on inflation now as prices soar even faster than expected. They're weighing in on increasingly drastic op- options. Investors see a growing probability that the Federal Reserve could hike interest rates by a full percentage point at its next meeting for the first time in the modern era. Back in June, the Fed raised interest rates by three quarters of a percentage point, which it hadn't done since 1994. U.S. stocks mostly shrugged at the news this week that consumer prices jumped 9.1% year-over-year in June, which is a fresh 40-year high and a larger increase than forecast. Lawmakers have expressed deep concern, also blaming President Joe Biden. Here's New York Representative Elise Stefanik on Fox News. We continue to see Joe Biden and House Democrats downplay this. First, they said it was a high-class problem. Then they said it was transitory. Then they said it was temporary. Then they blamed the war in Ukraine. The American people are smart. They know that these numbers aren't out of date. And the reason they know that is they're feeling this pain. Much of the June increase was driven by a jump in gasoline prices, which were nearly up 60 percent over this year. But inflation concerns have moved beyond energy. The shelter index climbed 5.6% over the last year. The price of household furnishings jumped 9.5% during the same period, while airline fares leaped more than 34%. Well, the FDA this week sidestepped a major crackdown on companies that make popular synthetic nicotine products during ire from Democrats and anti-tobacco advocates. Synthetic nicotine is made in a lab and enabled companies to skirt around FDA regulation since the agency previously didn't have the ability to regulate it like it does tobacco-derived nicotine. Synthetic nicotine products are often fruity-flavored and popular with young people. Congress explicitly gave the agency the authority in March as part of a government spending package under the law companies had until May 14th to submit a pre-market application to keep their products on the market. Any company that didn't would be considered illegal and would need to remove their products by July 13th. The FDA also said it was processing applications for about 1 million other products submitted by more than 200 manufacturers. The agency didn't address the most popular synthetic tobacco product on the market, the disposable vape puff bar. The agency said it also issued 107 warning letters to retailers in the past two weeks for illegally selling non-tobacco nicotine products, including certain e-cigarette or e-liquid products, to underage purchasers. I think it's going to be known as very unusual and great president. Ivana Trump, the Czech-American businesswoman and ex-wife of former President Donald Trump, died yesterday in Manhattan. She was 73. The 45th president announced the death of his first wife and the mother of his three children, Donald Jr., Eric and Ivanka, on his Truth Social platform. Police sources told the New York Post that police are investigating whether Ivana may have fallen down the stairs at her home on East 64th Street. She was found at the bottom of the staircase and believed to have suffered cardiac arrest. So the city's medical examiner will determine the official cause of death. Her marriage to the then real estate mogul thrust her into the spotlight where she both shined and struggled. As a fixture of the 1980s New York high society, Ivana Trump called the likes of Michael Jackson her friends and routinely found herself on the covers of magazines and papers. Her son, Eric Trump, briefly spoke to reporters outside her home. In a statement, Eric said that our mother was an incredible woman, a force in business, a world-class athlete, a radiant beauty and caring mother and friend. Sunny today, a high near 90. Later tonight, mostly clear with a low of around 70 degrees. Saturday, mostly sunny, a high near 86. Right now, 75 degrees, mostly cloudy outside the 77 WABC studios. Well, perhaps the strongest signal yet that Donald Trump is plotting another run for the White House. The former president told New York Magazine in an interview that he's still deciding when, if not, he should announce a 2024 campaign. These latest comments confirm previous CNN reporting that the behind-the-scenes idea is consuming Trump's inner circle. 
as the former president and his top aides ponder whether he should jump into the 2024 Republican presidential primary to maximize the impact of his announcement and to dissuade prospective GOP rivals from challenging him. One of those rivals, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who is an emerging hero among grassroots grassroots conservatives whose own actions, including his refusal to publicly rule out a primary challenge to Trump, have indicated that he also may be eyeing the White House. Trump has previously told advisors he believes he would easily beat the Florida Republican, in addition to highlighting his own popularity among the GOP base in recent statements and posts to his Truth Social website. Former House Speaker Newt Gingrich on Fox News Radio said it would be a mistake for Trump to announce a run before the midterms. I think the focus of this election should be on the absolute total failure of the Democrats and of big government socialism. And nothing Republicans should do uh, should take people's attention away from that failure. And I think the minute that uh, Trump were to announce, you would just be in all sorts of news stories that would not help elect Republicans. person close to Trump told CNN that if he doesn't announce this month, the most likely alternative would be a September campaign launch right around Labor Day. Well, a D.C. District Judge Carl Nichols rejected a lengthy argument from former Chief White House strategist Steve Bannon to delay his contempt of Congress trial, ruling that it will begin Monday morning with jury selection. Bannon defense attorney David Schoen argued that the recent release of audio by Mother Jones could bias prospective jurors. In the recording, he predicted days before the 2020 election that President Trump would declare victory on election night while it looked like he led since mail-in votes, which were expected to favor Joe Biden, would be counted more slowly in several battleground states. And what Trump's going to do is just declare victory, right? He's going to declare victory. But that doesn't mean he's the winner. He's just going to say he's the winner. The Democrats, more of our people vote early that count. Theirs vote in mail. And so they're going to have a natural disadvantage, and Trump's going to take advantage of it. That's our strategy. He's going to declare himself a winner. So when you wake up Wednesday morning, it's going to be a firestorm. House. January 6th, Select Committee subpoenaed Bannon back in September of last year because of news reports he had urged Trump to focus on January 6th when Congress would receive the Electoral College ballots and affirm Biden's victory. And had he tried to coax members of Congress to vote against certifying the 2020 presidential election, Bannon's defense team has already informed the court that it plans to appeal either before or after his trial. Well, nearly 20 state Democrats are urging President Biden to immediately declare a public health emergency on abortion following the Supreme Court's ruling overturning Roe versus Wade. Biden said over the weekend that he's considering issuing a public health emergency on abortion, even after the White House said it is not a great option. Yes, keep protesting because keep making your point. It's critically important. We can do a lot of things to accommodate the rights in the meantime. But fundamentally, the only thing that's going to change this is if we have a national law that reinstates Roe v. Wade. If an emergency declaration is issued, it remains unclear how federal funds would be used. More than 80 House Democrats sent a letter to Biden earlier this week also requesting that he declare a public health emergency as in, well as an issued national emergency declaration. Well, West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin pulled the plug Thursday on negotiations to salvage key pieces of President Biden's agenda, informing his party's leaders that he would not support funding for climate or energy programs or raising taxes on wealthy Americans and corporations. The decision by Manchin dealt a devastating blow to his party's efforts to enact a broad social safety net climate and tax package. In a meeting last night with Senator Chuck Schumer, of New York, the majority leader mentions that he would support a package that would include a negotiated plan aimed at lowering 
the cost of prescription drugs, and an extension of expanded Affordable Care Act subsidies set to lapse at the end of the year. The shift capped off weeks of painstaking negotiations to cobble together a package that could win at Manchin's support. It came seven months after the West Virginian abruptly walked away from talks, rejected a far larger plan. Well, Indiana Attorney General Todd Rakita says his office plans to investigate a doctor who provided care for a 10-year-old rape victim who crossed state lines to have an abortion. Dr. Caitlin Bernard, an obstetrician gynecologist in Indiana, told news outlets earlier this month that she was contacted by a colleague in Ohio seeking help for their 10-year-old patient three days after the state banned abortion in the wake of the Roe v. Wade Supreme Court decision. According to Bernard, the girl was six weeks and three days pregnant. Rakita appeared on Fox News. We have this uh, abortion activist acting as a doctor with a history of failing to report. So we're gathering the information, we're gathering the evidence as we speak, and we're going to fight this uh, to the end. Ohio's fetal heartbeat law enacted in the hours after the Supreme Court's ruling to end the constitutional right to abortion care on June 24th outlaws abortions at roughly six weeks of pregnancy with no exceptions for rape or incest. Gerson Fuentes, age 27, from Columbus, Ohio, was arrested on July 12th and charged with raping the young girl. 77 WBC time check, 515. Let's head over to my left shoulder to the illustrious Phil Dixon for your sports today. Hey, Phil. Thanks, Frank. I am Phil Dixon with your early news sports update. You know, I'm getting some deja vu vibes from the Bronx. Just a day ago, it felt like I was sitting here telling you that the Yankees and Reds game ended in the 10th inning with a final score of 7-6. But clearly, two things are different today. The first being that Dev Valentine morphed into Frank Diaz, and the second being that the Yankees lost. Yankees lose. Boy, that'll never get old. The Reds were holding a four. Yeah, thank you, Sid. The Reds were holding a four-one lead in the eighth, but home runs from Aaron Judge and a two RBI homer from Glaber Torres brought the game to a four-four draw. The game kept seeing the same thing over and over. The Reds would pull a big lead, and the Yankees would crawl back, rinse and repeat. The game ended with some deja vu again, but a slightly different outcome. In the bottom of the tenth, the game finished with a DJ LeMayu play. Last night, he didn't have the birthday magic on his side and popped a fly ball in the center field for the last out of the game. Again, seven to six, the final score. No rest. Yankees lose. The Yankees lose. No rest for the Yanks. They're staying in the boogie down and starting a new series, hosting their good buddies from Boston. First pitch slated at seven oh five. Eastern. The Mets couldn't have had a better night in Chicago, though. They started a new set in Wrigley and smashed the Cubs on their Odin Diamond with two big homers from Brandon Nimmo and the MLB's RBI King. He slugs one to deep center field. Ortega back near the Ivy. It's out of here. Pete Alonso dead central for his 24th of the year. Two-run shot for Alonso to put the icing on the cake, and it's 8-0 New York. You know that voice. That's Gary Cohen of SNY, and he nailed it. Icing on the cake. 8 nothing was the final score of that one. The Braves won as well, so that two-and-a-half game lead in the NL East stays put. The Metropolitans have game two of that series slated this afternoon at 2.20 p.m. Eastern. I don't even know why I say p.m. What are they going to play at 2 in the morning? Anyway, on to the NBA. Yesterday, DeAndre Ayton signed a four-year, $133 million offer sheet from the Indiana Pacers, only to have his own team, the Phoenix Suns, match the offer just hours later. That marks the biggest contract in NBA history. And we bought $20 to the mall. Yeah, I'll, I'll get that 20 eventually. Uh, for more sports updates, be sure to follow 77WABC Sports on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. The Yankees lose. With your early new sports update, I'm Phil Dixon. 
Wow, that was an eye opener. At least there's two good things that come out of the Bronx: uh, pizza and Frank Diaz. Anyway, let's take a look at your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sunny today with a high near 90. Tonight mostly clear, low of about 70 degrees. So it's good if you're looking to uh, go to some rooftops. Saturday mostly sunny with a high near 86. Right now 75 degrees, mostly cloudy at 518. Here's Frank Morano with your business report. I'm Frank Morano with your business report. Markets are reflecting the fears of a pending recession as Wall Street closed mostly lower on Thursday. Inflation numbers are coming in at record highs and Federal Reserve officials have talked about even more rate hikes. Add that to lower than expected earnings reports from major banks and it all led to the Dow Jones being down more than 500 points earlier in the session. At the closing bell, the Dow lost 142 points, the S&P 500 fell by 11 and the Nasdaq gained 3 points. The number of Americans applying for unemployment benefits last week hit its highest level in nearly eight months, but the total number of those collecting benefits fell. The Labor Department reported applications for jobless aid for the week ending July 9th rose by 9,000 to 244,000, up from the previous week's 235,000. The four-week average for claims rose by 3,250 from the previous week to 235,750. Economists Stephen Moore and John Decker analyzed the work records and resumes of 68 officials, including Biden and his cabinet members. They found that 62% of Biden's appointees who deal with business matters have virtually no business experience. Steve Moore was on Cats at Night with 77 WABC owner and operator John Katsimatidis. Not only have they never started a business, they've never even worked for a business. So these are the kind of people you wouldn't want to, you know, to uh, hire to run a lemonade stand, let alone to try to uh, manage our economy. Only one in eight were found to have extensive business experience. And their average business experience was 2.4 years. Amazon experienced its biggest Prime Day event in history this week, despite the continuing threat of soaring inflation. According to the e-commerce giant, Prime members purchased more than 300 million items worldwide during this year's two-day event, saving a record $1.7 billion. Customers spent over $3 billion on more than $100 million small business items. I'm Frank Morano on 77 WABC. I'll be back Monday morning at 1 a.m. Taking a look at your stock futures, Dow Jones, S&P, NASDAQ, all up about two-fifths th- uh, of 1%. Gold is down about a quarter of a percent. Silver down 0.05%. Crude oil up about... Th- Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. The WABC Early News. Well, if you think you're paying way too much for rent you're in your Manhattan apartment, wait until you hear this. Here's 77 WABC's Bob Brown. The unthinkable has happened. Rents over $5,000 a month now in Manhattan, the highest for rents ever in New York City. It's ridiculous. <laughs> 
It's ridiculous. It's too high, and people can't afford it. So what are we supposed to do? And where are we going to live? So, and they got so many homeless people, so you can imagine how many homeless people is going to be on the street now. I can't afford it, you know, to live in New York City. I can I have to go to a country that they care about people, that is not about money. And realtors say rents could go higher beginning in the fall. In Chelsea, Bob Brown for 77 WABC News. The shocking price tag revealed in the June market report of Douglas Elliman and Miller Samuel. Well, a 41-year-old truck driver was found shot in the stomach on the Washington Bridge, which connects Manhattan's Washington Heights to the Bronx late Wednesday. According to the preliminary investigation, the driver of the pickup truck, identified as Educardo Bonilla, better known as Chino, apparently was shot at the Washington Bridge ramp by 181st Street and Amsterdam Avenue around 1045 in the evening. His car then moved to the Bronx section of the Cross Bronx entrance ramp where it crashed into multiple sand barrels and stopped. It wasn't until Bonilla was being treated in an ambulance en route to a hospital that emergency crews discovered a single gunshot wound. He was pronounced dead at the hospital a short time later. Liz Mary, a friend of Bonilla, told NBC New York they can't imagine why anyone would want to have harmed him. He was just a loving person. He cared about everybody. He put everyone before himself. Everyone, he just helped everyone. He was just so happy. He never, you know, any problems. I don't understand why this happened. Five shell casings were recovered on the Manhattan side of the bridge, this according to NYPD officials. Surveillance footage obtained by authorities shows the red pickup truck with New Jersey plates crossing over the bridge from Manhattan toward the Bronx. Around 1040 in the evening, a dark sedan is then seen traveling directly behind it, pulling along the truck's passenger side just before the spot where the shell casings were later recovered. NYPD officials told NBC New York that the case appears to have mystified authorities. Well, a man was indicted on hate crime assault charges after he attacked two women at a midtown Manhattan subway station while shouting anti-Asian slurs. D.A. Alvin Bragg says Derek Johnson was charged with two counts of third-degree assault as a hate crime and two counts of second-degree aggravated harassment for the incident that occurred at the Rockefeller Center subway station in the afternoon of May 8th. Johnson allegedly threw an unknown liquid at the two victims, both women of Korean descent, after they entered the busy subway station. According to court documents, the 40-year-old then spit at one of them and hurled racially offensive remarks at them, also saying, I don't know why you're here. Johnson, who lives in Manhattan, then charged at one of the women, causing her to fall to the ground. This according to court documents. As a result, the woman suffered bruises to her arms and legs, as well as significant pain and swelling to her head and jaw. According to New York City inmate records, he's now been ordered to undergo a psychiatric evaluation and is being held on a $15,000 bail or $30,000 bond. Hate crimes have soared in the Big Apple since the pandemic began, going from 275 in 2020 to 538 last year and so far 343 this year. Well, a confrontation between an unlicensed moped driver claiming to be a food delivery worker and police in Yonkers is causing quite a stir after it was caught on body camera footage in front of a juice bar co-owned by rapper Styles P. The police body camera video of the incident shows the moments officers arrested a woman back on July 11th. Police say she was recklessly driving an unregistered moped on a busy sidewalk. Investigators say they tried to arrest her, but she ran away. That's when officers say they used the standard takedown technique to handcuff her. Yonkers Police Commissioner Christopher Sapienza spoke to ABC7. When she's already fled, she's already exhibited suspicious behavior. Uh, later on, we found uh, that she had access to a knife on the, on the moped. 
So at that point, we have to take her down safely and we have to take her down quickly. A multiple viral videos shows Styles P trying to intervene in the arrest that he described as mistreatment. Police also claim the woman has been charged with reckless driving, obstruction of governmental administration, second degree, and resisting arrest. Well, there's a renewed effort to get rid of those horse-drawn carriages in New York City. A proposal from City Hall aims to modernize the industry, but not everyone is convinced it makes sense. This is according to CBS2. The iconic horses along Central Park are often enjoyed by tourists and have long been associated with the city, but that could come to an end very soon. Several New York City council members are backing the proposal to replace horse-drawn carriages with electric ones. Council member Robert Holden authored the bill. This is nothing new. This is, uh, and the technology has arrived. Let's use it. It's long overdue. This should have been done 20 years ago. What's not clear is where the horses would go if they're no longer in the city. Many horse-drawn carriage drivers said they won't stay either if the horses are sent away. It's not clear who would pay for the electronic carriages, what agency would provide the oversight of the transition, and where the new carriages would be allowed to go. Horse-drawn carriages would be banned by June of next year if the build bill passes. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sunny today, a high near 90 degrees. Mostly clear with a low of around 70 later tonight. Saturday, mostly sunny with a high near 86 right now. 75 degrees, mostly cloudy outside the 77 WABC studios. Well, disgraced actor Kevin Spacey is back in court in the UK. 77 WABC's Jacqueline Carl has more. Actor Kevin Spacey pled not guilty to sexual assault charges in the UK. He's accused of assaulting three men a decade or more ago. He entered the plea Thursday during a hearing at London Central Criminal Court. Spacey ran London's Old Vic Theatre between 2005 and 2015. The actor is accused of four counts of sexual assault and one count of causing a person to engage in a type of sexual activity without consent. The incidents allegedly happened between 2005 and 2013. The victims are now in their 30s and 40s. For 77 WABC Early News, I'm Jacqueline Carl. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC.